0: Hello everybody and welcome to the first video edition of Drunks, I don't even know what to call this, live show, it's a live show now, uh, that gets rebroadcasted to a podcast with uh, my co-host, Ty, how are you doing today? Are I'm not able to hear you, are you able to hear me? How about now? Yes. You hear me? Yes, we're good to go.
1: Okay, good, good, good. I'm good, Ray. How, about, how are you doing?
0: I'm doing good, good. And uh, we always get started by uh, uh, seeing how was your workout? How did your workout
1: go today? Oh, uh, i got to be honest, I was in San Diego with the family this weekend. I did workout on Sunday. That was hard in itself, but I didn't get a workout today. going to be honest, we were just chilling in the hotel, had some breakfast, so I didn't get it in today. How about yours? Please tell me you doubled up for me well uh
0: mondays is usually my rest day because i go you know for marathon training uh i try to recreate the actual race so sunday would be the race day typically and so that's when i usually run the most mileage and so monday is usually a total complete rest day mobility day uh, but i like to do uh backwards walking and so i did that in the morning i do a five minutes uh in the morning walking backwards. And that is just great if anybody has knee pain. Uh, if it's so basic, anybody can do it. The only thing you have to do is just be careful when you're walking backwards, like turn around. Some people tell me they do it without doing that, but you're basically, as soon as you put a step backwards, you're putting your, your knees over toes. And that's something we're not supposed to do uh, accordingly however that strengthens you and as you get older it basically keeps you from falling and uh if if people are aware a lot of people just as they get older fall break their hip and then that causes a lot of issues and you know uh welcome everybody listening in we have suzanne and uh, she's requesting to speak
1: so Hi, Suzanne, please do Uh, real quick real quick ray just knee pain it's funny you say that i've been having i've been having knee pain for the past i'd say like three or four weeks um more than normal so i'm definitely going to try that i've uh i've noticed that i'm not sure what it is i'm doing everything like i normally do but you know as you get older you gotta like kind of you know change your rhythm or change your technique and so i'm definitely gonna have to try that um how many minutes do you or mileage or do you recommend for something like that Mm like you know like if
0: you were to go see a doctor he's like at least work out three times a week so i would say at least the least three times a week uh, tip i mean really you could do it daily it's not like it's hard to do you're just walking however it's backwards
1: so we're always
0: going forward 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 so our body all those muscles and little tissues and ligaments and tendons aren't used to are being worked going backwards and so By doing that, five minutes, it's like 15 minutes per week. That's nothing. Now, if you're a little stronger, then you can start running backwards, sprinting for the five minutes. Um, And then if you have access to a sled or I makeshift one with a a kettlebell, then you can use weight, and then that will really get you going. And then if you have a treadmill, don't turn it on. Keep it off and start walking backwards on that uh that's excellent and uh the last one would be pushing a car backwards uh putting it in a neutral and, and pushing it back and i'm assuming uh, everyone else heard that so let's just get it out there that, that little honking is that the Lotte man
1: of course it is you know what it is all right it's so we in live in <laughs> yeah we live
0: uh in greater los angeles california so The lota man is basically someone that walks around and uh, sells corn Uh, there. That's, that's how, you know, their hustle, trying to make a living, feed their family. Uh, And so it's really good overall. Like uh, if you, if you ask for it with the works, uh, it's uh, pretty fattening. I'll be honest. They put mayonnaise and butter and chili. And I mean, it's fire but it's not the healthiest. You can ask with it for, with less things, but overall it's good. And uh, today we are going to be reviewing, Oh, if you see me fiddling with my ears this whole time, I have uh, some Jaybirds and it has a nice mic and I can hear. However, I, I, you know, a lot of people who do jujitsu or wrestling start getting cauliflower ear. And so their ears change. And so they don't, seem to be staying in as much anymore and so i have to keep doing this to readjust it and so if you see me doing this like what's he doing with his ears it's just readjusting so my apologies to everybody and um are you ready to try our beer
1: i am how should we do this uh you know from if anyone listened to the last podcast i didn't have a frosty beer mug ready i do have one now I'm looking forward to it. I haven't used my Frosty uh, beer mugs uh, probably in a year. So wow. I'm not sure, I have a couple. I have a, Carl, uh, a Carlsberg one and a Medieval Times one I got. Oh, so that is the beer of the week. The Pepper and Peaches India Pale Ale from Claremont Craft Ales. I've been looking forward to this one. I've had it in my refrigerator for, what, two weeks now? Haven't touched it, so... Looking forward to it. Now
0: Claremont is located in uh, California. It's a part of Greater Los Angeles, almost bordering San Bernardino, and they have a brewery where they make a lot of uh, different beers as well. And in the future, uh, we hope to be sampling them. So I'll go ahead and let you uh, crack it open first. Bring out your mug. Okay, dude. This I'm go to my fridge. Uh, this is something uh, we could talk about in the future uh, there's different ways of pouring a beer. And if you pour it correctly, it is supposed to help you avoid basically getting bloated so that you don't feel all full. And, uh, there's all kinds of different theories. And I, I definitely feel we should do a whole show on that. Um, uh, um, so I'll, I'll ask Ty how he's pouring his beer.
1: I'll actually pour it live. I have a I'm not sure if this is like maybe a thirty, probably a 22 at best. I have a 16. They're 16. So I'm going to have to pour a little more than just one. And I'm sure everybody's okay with that. Now, did you uh, find a four
0: pack, a six pack? Uh,
1: I found, actually, I know they come in a four pack, but I only found these in the single 16 ounces. So I was able to get the, uh, I I was at, there's only two left. I I was only able to get two um okay and i found another one that we might try later on we'll talk about it from claremont craft Ale, ales as well that i came in a four pack and i had one of those and it was really good so i'm very curious about this one
0: okay so i was able to find this at a local liquor store and it came in a four pack roughly out the door it was about 16 dollars and change so it's a little expensive it is a an ipa and it's a Actually, it's a 6.7 alcohol percentage. Um, overall, though, it's very tasty. And typically what I do is when I drink the Claremont craft uh, ales or the Claremont beers, basically, is I, I like the grapefruit. And I, if you give me a grapefruit to eat, I won't eat it. However, their beer is uh, tasty. It's not really bitter. And considering it's like an 8 point something IPA, you would think, oh, it, it's really bitter. Uh, but it's not for being a grapefruit, so that's one we should definitely look into in the future.
1: Yeah, I agree. I, I'm actually a fan of the grapefruit. I don't drink it as much, but um, I've been a, a new admirer of the Paloma, the mixed drink. It's oh, a okay. Drink that consists mm-hmm. of squirt grapefruit juice, typically red, um, ruby red, which is actually better, a little sweeter, um, and a salted rim with uh, your choice of tequila usually a light a white tequila so i like grapefruit uh i don't typically eat the fruit by itself but i don't mind it as well it's a really good fat burner right here so speaking it, of how you pour ray i noticed that the head game is a little strong right here so i don't i'm not sure if anyone knows this this tip i suggest clean hands as i've heard this packing. i'm not yeah, a fan so of you, this you're not a fan of this I'm going to this is at I a have. bar,
0: at a bar, that's not something you'd want to do. It does work though. Go ahead and show
1: everybody. It does work. So I'm gonna just dip my two fingers in, to to right where the liquid is, past the head, past the foam, and it immediately dissolves. Oh. it's going away. But that if that's incompet- immediately would it be the right word, huh, for this one? Yeah. But it's okay. I can just take a little off.
0: That now I've heard that. I think I've tried it a couple times. That's just not something like I said you'd want to do at a bar. Let's say you're at a wedding, uh, anything like that. So please enlighten me. Well, the Here's way that. I, the way the the video that's, you know, I'm gonna look into who it was and maybe see if I could bring them on. But they were talking about that you have to pour it like, first with a glass angled, then straighten it out and then go back to angled. And then that'll release all the air bubbles so that you don't get bloated. And when you drink beer, you can actually like enjoy it without feeling, Oh, I'm all like a lot of people complain about, you know, how they feel full with the beer.
1: Yeah. I, I generally do that. That's like, I thought, you know, that's pretty much what you do. The head is stronger than the actual angle. In a lot of cases, I'm not sure if that's if there's a 100 proof way of doing it, but uh, yeah, I definitely do the angle before and straighten it out, which I did today, but uh, sometimes, yeah, you're right. At a bar, you can't just like take a little off the top with your fingers where you can put it, right? <laughs> but in this yeah. case, this is a 32, so I just emptied two 16s and made I mean, my medieval times glass full. I don't know if any, there are medieval times around the country, but... It's a cool little place where knights joust and you get to eat like they did back in the day in the Renaissance uh, with no forks. Um, anybody heard of medieval times? I know about it. Uh, you get to choose the night. They, they choose a night that you, um, that you're, you're going to be a, a, a part of whether it's a green night, black and white night, red night, yellow night, etc. You join their team. You're, so everyone in your party or everyone that's participating goes in that section and you get to, to watch jousting and eat like they did back in the day with Cornish cane hens and soups and a bunch of foods that you shouldn't eat with your fingers, but you do. So, shall I? Shall I, I? Like, yes. I feel like that was in a
0: movie. Was it in like a Jim Carrey movie? It was in a movie. Yeah. I, I think Jim Carrey was in a movie where they went to medieval times and so yeah. if people have ever seen that, I could be wrong on who it was. was. I Jim Carrey? I, you know, I know it definitely it's been in a movie. I've seen it in a movie. Um, I've never been there myself, actually, this whole time living in California.
1: Oh, no I've way. To,
0: I've been right across the street. It's called like Wild Bills. And they they do an interesting like cowboy show. And they serve you like uh, food, like an appetizer first and your main course, then dessert with entertainment the whole way. Um, that was interesting. I, I yeah. wouldn't go back again.
1: I think before- that's closed down now. I think they, they have it as a pirate thing now. Like kind of same with pirates. Yeah. All right. Well, Well, did you try the beer already? I haven't. Yeah. Cheers.
0: Go for it. Cheers. I'll wait for you to try it. And then uh let us know. And then I'll go ahead and get my little mug out and see what you think. Wow. Now uh for everybody listening in or watching. Uh, this is Peppers and Peaches. And you yeah. would think, hmm, that's that's a strange combination for a beer, uh, although it's very tasty. And I wouldn't say any of the flavors are overwhelming.
1: Not at all. You know, I was a little leery trying this beer. Peppers and Peaches didn't sound that great to me in a beer. And this is a very drinkable beer. It's really refreshing. Um, I'm a fan I got to say the Claremont Craft Dell's is a really good company. Um, I taste the peach. It's a very slight taste. And as far as the pepper, nothing overwhelming. It's not what you would think at all. It's very refreshing. It's a very drinkable IPA. And, um, wow, I might like this better than the other one that we'll try later. So I'm doing the the tilted pour,
0: and then you're supposed to go into the straight and then go back to this tilted angle and it's still a lot of head but this is the way that it's supposed to let out the air so that you don't feel full and uh this is a the great thing about these mugs is they don't break in the in the freezer and i only have two they're probably about 16 ounces and for everyone uh just joining in. Thank you for joining us. We are trying out today Claremont Craft Ales, which is located in the greater part of Los Angeles. This is a beer. It's called uh, Pepper and Peaches. It's an Indian pale ale, and it is a 6.7 alcohol percentage. I was uh, doing some research while uh, the head disappears on my beer, and I found out that Beer is the third most popular drink in the world. The first one is water. A second one is tea. And then it comes beer. And then I was looking into coffee. And then when you look into the history of coffee, it's pretty interesting that that kind of came later and it helped people be less drunk because it was hard to get clean water. So most people were drunk all day. I've heard that, that.
1: That's interesting.
0: Yeah, I I thought that was pretty interesting. And then uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I have to uh, refer to my notes. I heard this uh, author on Joe Rogan and uh, most people think that agriculture came first and he feels that uh, actually they discovered how to make beer first and then agriculture came after because they needed to get grains and bread in order to have it rot and ferment to make beer. And so now they feel that there's a there's like a theory out there, uh, you know, it's not 100% proven or disproven, but they're saying that beer came before agriculture and agriculture became because as a result of beer, because people love drinking beer and wine so much. He was also saying that, our beer now is way stronger than it was before that through natural fermentation, the highest you can get a beer is two to 3%. Wow. I didn't know that. And so everything else now is way, way stronger than it was before. And even back then the wine, the highest it could be would be eight to 10% through natural fermentation. And then it got a little, uh a little nerdy. Yeah, see, John, John, I agree with you. I was trying to show the proper way that they demonstrate on, so uh, John, uh, some people on here may know him as uh, Chocolate Johnny, listening in from Australia. He's commenting on why so much head on the beer. And uh, for those just listening and not watching, I was actually demonstrating a technique on how to properly pour a beer. And obviously, uh, it does get a lot of head but what they claim is that it lets all the air bubbles out so that you don't get bloated. And that that way you could, uh, I guess, keep drinking more beer. And I, I believe, and I'm just going off memory. I believe they said, definitely, definitely don't drink beer and pizza together. Something about the combination is makes your stomach upset.
1: Yes. Crazy acidic. I could, I could see that, but I mean, come on, beer and pizza. That's just that. That's a thing, right? That's I mean, I'll, me I'll, take, I'll take I'll uh, take tacos and beer before. Oh, Pizza. yeah. Well, I don't know about before, but you know, I mean, uh, over, yeah. over, over, over. Hmm, if you had to make a choice, I'd, I, I, I don't know. Any given Tuesday, I'd say tacos, right? <laughs> Back to the uh, alcohol thing. I remember hearing something very similar to what you're saying, and not only did uh, people drink beer over water because the water wasn't clean. They even gave it to their children. You know, I know in Europe and a lot of the Eastern Europe uh, uh, countries, beer was like a staple in their diet. And it was, that's why a lot of the the Europeans actually can drink wine, you know, with their 10 year olds and everything because they have a very high tolerance for alcohol. So that's very interesting. And that's just because they need, you know, uh, beer is 90% water. So it's actually, you know, uh, a necessity it's been, when you have dirty water versus beer, which cleans with the alcohol, cleans off all the everything bad that's in the uh, uh, contaminated water. It makes sense that they would use beer. And so beer has been a, a pretty much a medicine, you know, prior to modern science, right? Past 100 years, 200 years, 150 years tops. So that's so cool.
0: So I wanted to provide the the author that I got this information from. His name is, uh, and I don't want to misquote him, his name is Edward Singerland. And that's where he's basically, he wrote a whole book on the history of alcohol. And he's basically trying to explain uh, why we choose to put, what, the pizza and beer? (laughs) Uh, Mm -hmm. I I was reading John's comment. Uh, He's basically trying to explain why We know alcohol is bad, and we put it into our system. And, of course, we all know alcohol is bad, and uh, you're talking to two people that really enjoy working out. Uh, However, we believe that you gotta earn your beer. You, you know, I definitely don't believe that, oh, you gotta be so strict. I know a lot of people that are like that. I believe in balance. And, uh, uh, you know, according to what he was saying, he wrote a whole book, which I'm definitely interested in reading, what was his name again, Ray? His name is Edward Singerland, and he had a whole show on Joe Rogan. I only saw like maybe 15 minutes interview of him, but he was describing it uh, very well about some of the history of of the beer and and uh, that's where I got the you know the, through natural fermentation you can only do maybe two to three percent on beer, and the wine was eight to ten. And uh, so everything after that is is just basically because of advancements uh, that we've made as a human race. That's interesting. Have you tried, have you got to try the peaches and pepper yet, Ray? Uh, yes, I did. And um, I, you know, it's so hard to describe the flavor because um, you would think like pep pep pe-, pe I keep on to say like pita or something, but it's pepper and peaches and um yeah as i mentioned earlier the the two flavors are not overwhelming so you 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 just have little hints of them and which makes a very uh it's got like a good little aftertaste where you can actually taste a little bit of peaches and a little bit of pepper neither of them are overwhelming and the this beer is not bitter at all uh how you would think
1: i agree yeah and, it's not and, hoppy at all. It's not like a typical IPA at all. Um, am I wrong? Is it? Is it is IPA? It's Indian P.L.L. This is oh yes. This, this, this is the, the an, uh, least yes. uh, least hoppy beer uh, IPA I've ever tried. Actually, um, I'm a really fan of this. It's it's really good. I I I'll, I'd be curious to know. I wish uh, people out there, please please uh, in, uh, let me know. Let us know. Please inform us. Does the pepper Kind of take away the hoppiness of the IPA because it seems like it does. I don't think it's the peaches because I tried other fruits in IPA and, and I don't think it's the actual fruit. But the pepper, it's like it's kind of doing what tequila does, is squirt, what squirt does, is, uh, what squirt does to tequila, excuse me. And it kind of just you don't taste it or like what pickle juice does uh, Jameson. I, okay. I'm not tasting the hoppiness at all. So compare this beer to the one we had last week, which
0: was the Orange Superfuzz, which was also an IPA, uh, but it was the Blood Orange. And I'm trying to remember the the brewer right now. Um, That was uh, the uh, same that we did. That was Elysian. Elysian. And that one also did not taste hoppy at all. So which one would you say is less hoppy between the Blood Orange and the Pepper Peaches?
1: I would hands down say this beer is less hoppy. I, I I don't I don't even think it's my opinion. I did it, it just it tastes it, I don't even taste the hops, you know. It tastes like it just it's really smooth. I'm curious. is anyone has anyone did anyone listen to last the last podcast and does anyone have this beer in hand? Is anyone else trying it? Do we know? Well, Chocolate Johnny is a a huge uh, chocolate maker in Australia.
0: I'm not really huge into chocolate, uh, but um, he's talking about making a chocolate beer. And uh, I definitely would try that because now you're talking about a couple of the, you know, I don't know, whatever you want to call them, drugs, most popular in the world. You're taking a cocoa bean and beer mm-hmm. and you're mixing them together. And that's,
1: uh, that's been done. Right. And isn't that like, more like? wouldn't it be better in a, a stout form? Correct me if I'm wrong. Something like that, like a thicker beer.
0: Uh, no, I'm not a fan of stouts, and I'm sure it's been done, um, but uh, I don't know if it's been b- done by such a chocolate expert in the
1: past. Okay, I've never met a chocolate expert, so yeah, I'd love him to talk about it if he can.
0: And so, John, if you're available, you're you're more than welcome to come tell us about how you could possibly make this chocolate beer. Um the closest, I, you know, I kind of think of, I, I would always joke around to people in, in the cubicle life I lived before I tell them, hey, why don't you just, <laughs> why don't you just put a little, uh, what is it, Kahlua in your, in your coffee? And you're good to go for the morning, you know, kind of mellow out a little bit. It's not, it kind of blends in with the coffee. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm just not too much of a, of a sweet guy overall.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of I I would say I was there, but like I I find myself eating cookies for some reason. Cookies are my weakness now. I never was a sweet guy before, but when it comes to cookies and like lemon treats, like I don't know, key lime pie I had the other day at SeaWorld or like just lemon donuts, something like that. I, I, I really enjoy, but I don't crave. It's not like I have to. I'd rather have a breakfast burrito, you know. All right, and what about the what about the cookie? What's what's a cookie order? Cookie order? Oh, as far as type? yeah Uh, chocolate chip guy like a nice fresh chocolate chip cookie from any said supermarket their bakery is good enough for me nothing crazy um a good you know stater brothers has good cookies walmart even has good cookies just a nice soft batch delicious chocolate chip cookie white chocolate works for me too
0: oh i i learned through a chocolate johnny that white chocolate is not chocolate um, that's interesting.
1: was it like a vanilla? I, I could see that. I don't know that that that's over
0: that's over my head. But I learned that much that it's not it's not real chocolate. And uh, you know, I think cookies, yeah, chocolate chip. But I I, I won't if I'm going to a cookie, I want it like like from a bakery or my some my sister someone baked it. You know, not out of the the box or prepackaged. I hardly eat them. And so when I do, I'm going to make sure I I like my cookies soft. Like you mentioned, I like soft cookies. I don't like them all, you know. No chips ahoy. uh, I mean, back in the day when I was a kid, I used to enjoy dunking them in milk. I don't drink milk anymore. I haven't drank milk like in 10 years. Wow. Like uh, the most milk I get is maybe like, and I stop kind of adding anything to my coffee. Just drink it pure black now in, in the morning because I'm like, I'm just adding sugar for no reason. I'm starting off my day by adding sugar and then my body's gonna crave it the whole day. And so by just drinking my coffee black, then I I just kind of could keep that nice little zone because I try not to eat before I go to bed. And so I'm just kind of like, sort of what people call, like, you know, it's all popular now when you don't eat for hours. I can't think of the name right
1: now. Intermittent fasting.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm a fan. (laughs) But that's just been my style as since I was a kid. You know, it's it's just the way my body's been. It's not, and now I learned that people do that because, you know, there's benefits to it.
1: There's huge benefits. I'm glad you know. It's it's cool that you did it. You know, just because that's how your body you know, works and everything. But uh, people are learning things about nutrition and something like intermittent fasting, or I think a lot of people did keto um, a couple of years ago as a big trend. Now they're understanding that, you know, one, me trying keto, like really trying, actually reading the books, understanding what ketosis means. It's super hard. You can't claim your keto and drink a beer. You can't. You can't claim keto and have a potato. You can't. So things like intermittent fasting allows you to have said beer, your potatoes, your pancakes in that window, cut it off, and you still burn fat. Your body still goes through ketosis; it actually burns fat, so it's a really smart way of doing things. And I'm a really big fan of that. I just came off a sixty-hour uh, fast uh, three days ago, prior to my San Diego trip with my family. It wasn't hard, Ray. Um, it was interesting, and I learned a lot about myself with it. Um, I, I, was, I was I was wasn't hungry. It was more that it was more of a craving for things that I would normally have. Not that I was actually hungry, especially for the last twelve hours. That wasn't spent. Excuse me, the last twenty four hours. I say that wasn't spent asleep. So most of it of my last uh, of the of the 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 final sixty was spent awake. Half of it, and it wasn't. I was starving, and it wasn't by the sixtieth hour. I was like, "Ooh, I gotta eat." It was more like, "Okay, I can eat. I shall eat." Had breakfast with my son, and um, I had a small breakfast, French toast. Two eggs and some bacon. I was satisfied. I was cool. I didn't lose much. I didn't gain, but I I actually based it on my workouts, my rant, my run. So I, you know, this is a drunks are you in drunks podcast. So we have to talk about the running. I was actually wanted to see how my run would do because of my knee pain I was telling you about earlier, and I wanted to see if the fasting, not intermittent fasting, but the complete. The, the complete uh, substance, sustaining from uh, food completely for 60 hours would help my knee. And by my third run, I did it for three days. By my third run, I didn't feel any pain. I felt little pain. When I ate, I ran again and I felt more pain than I did the last day. Because it's supposed to, you know, it's supposed to help you with inflammation. It's supposed to heal you. So I'm hearing all these things and seeing if it's, you know, if it's real. Now I have to do it more and more to understand it or to really like say, hey, this is really real. But it helped me. And uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of fasting and intermittent fasting. So I think it's really, uh, it can be a really good tool. And since you just do it naturally, it's, well, look at you. I've never seen you out of shape, out of weight, no matter what you've been through. And I've known you since you were a kid. So that's a testament to intermittent fasting. Well, no, I, I have gone through, I'm going to say like
0: in my, in my mid-20s, I, I was probably my worst shape. Uh, but growing up, you know, Mexican-American, and you, you spend the night so many times at my house, my mom would always be like, you want some food? You want some dinner? You want some breakfast? You want some lunch? So she would always be like encouraging me to eat breakfast, feeling that that's like the most important meal of the day. Uh, that's the way she was brought up. Uh, and then I'd always want to go out to the backyard or front yard and run around, but I didn't feel good after eating. I'd rather not eat. I, that was just like, mom, I don't want to, you know, but I, she'd force me and then I would feel like I want to throw up. And then as I got older, I would I'd kind of skip breakfast and then I'd go do my thing and I just felt better. But this is all stuff. I kind of just realized as time went on and then I'm like, Oh, this intermittent fasting. And I, I, you know, I definitely believe that it helped your knee. And when anyone tells me, you know, I tried this and I tried that, there's so many benefits, but I never believe it's just going to be one thing. I agree. And so And so if you were, let's say, let's say someone's goal is to run a marathon. They might run it with no training, right? They could be that person. Or they may be able to run it because they... Ate properly and ran, and then the other person is because they ate properly, ran, and lifted weights. There's so many different, you know, scenarios that you can go into that. Like, uh, but for me, it's like the person that does all three or all four or all five has the best chance out of them all, because you're not relying on one thing. It's going to be a combination of things. For sure. And it's like when someone tells me, "I want to be in shape." okay, well, you're just not going to be able to do cardio and that's it. You got to do some weights. Or, you know, if I want to do that, it's not going to be just one thing. Well, what about your diet? Well, what about your stress? And so intermediate fasting could definitely be a benefit. It definitely helps. Everything helps. But if you, I, I say, if you want to feel the full benefits and get complete repair of the knee and anything that hurts, it's doing more than one thing.
1: I I truly agree. That's why I asked you about what you're walking backwards technique. uh, It just caught my attention right away because I get this pain. It's this intermittent pain that I get for no apparent reason whatsoever. So I could say run six, eight miles and not feel it at all. And then walk around SeaWorld and just get the pain all of a sudden. I feel, feel my knee, my knee jerk. And it's like, well, wow, this is no reason for it. Okay. But, you know, and I, I'm going to try that exercise. I think I'm going to try something like maybe doing that for 10 minutes before my run as a stretch and see how that works. Especially Not, you know, see the effects of it the next day while I'm at work, while I'm chilling with my kids, playing with my kids, whatever. See, you know, and, and see if it goes away. I, I'm definitely going to implement that in my, in my routine. So, yeah, I agree with you 100%. There's, we can do so many things and every, everybody differs, everybody's different. I can't tell you what, what works for me is gonna work for you or works for the next guy, right? We, we just don't know. We have to know our body. And that's the thing about just understanding our body, understanding what works for us and understanding our goals as long as we're going towards our goals.
0: Well, I, I'm, you know, what I do is I, if the people listening in don't know, I do uh, on the side besides drink beer and run, I uh, do a lot of personal training and I've worked in many different gyms. Uh, and I believe that after all these different coaches and training I've done, there's a lot of things that aren't being shown to us that are so simple that would avoid us being in pain. Now, I'll give you a couple examples. This right here is called the slam board. Most people have never seen it. If you were just to step on this right here, oh, you're, you would be stretching so many different muscles on your lower legs, your Achilles, that are just so tight because we wear shoes. Uh, this right here, and by the way, I'm not getting paid by any of these people. I'm just letting you know because this is something that can help anybody, and that's what I'm trying to do. Uh, this right here is called a tibialis bar. And it looks like this. And you won't see this pretty much in any gym, right?
1: Well, how do we get it?
0: Uh, well, uh, when when the company wants to, uh, uh, there's two of them. I'm trying to work deals with both of them. But uh, hopefully I awesome can part. offer you a discount. But yeah, look into it. It's no secret. Uh, one's called the Tip Guy. He sells it for about 100 The other company's called Animal House. And it's like somewhere in Australia or somewhere out there and it cost you maybe about two hundred and twenty dollars and it might take about a month to ship out to you um hmm. uh, well yeah, with
1: the corona of, times maybe two months now right
0: well this company just because of these uh you know exercises that are being shown now that were popular um so for example that that works your tibialis and that was really popular it was worked before and then uh the guy that won like whatever the title was mr universe mr something you know i'm, I'm not the biggest fan of uh, bodybuilding uh, but he 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 won it and then arnold schwarzenegger came along with the mexican supplements meaning steroids and then after there was no longer natural bodybuilding so this arnold beat the natural bodybuilder and people forgot about working your tibialis and your tibialis is so affected by you sitting down and wearing shoes but this guy was like jumping over things into his 70s or 80s i hope i'm not giving misinformation but i'm trying to go off the top of my head and i i know his name but i can't recall it right now but you can look it up and uh, this is all information that i get because i train with atg and that's the knees over toes if you look him up on instagram he's probably got like over half a million followers he went through many different knee surgeries and because he went through knee surgeries and was told he couldn't do it, he came up with these methods uh, and he trained with a poliquin. And I'm trying to, he, he, he basically taught more people and how people get gold, gold, silver and uh, bronze medals in all the Olympic games. And so okay. he was like a, a really, really knowledgeable, probably one of the best coaches out there. And Ben Patrick trained under him. And he kind of took that knowledge and then tweaked it for the knees, you know. And basically, a lot of people just ignore the bottom.
1: Um, I know I said. Franco, Columba, Uh, Columbu,
0: Paul, Paul,
1: Frank Zane. Nope, that's not him. Okay, Dorian Yates. No, Paul. His name is Paul
0: yeah okay okay got you Paul something and he passed away uh quite a few years ago and that that's the guy who just like coached all kinds of people and so uh I'm part of uh, the ATG family um you know I also have a kettlebell certification I have a us track and field certification you know my blue belt in jiu Jitsu but out of everything I've done they're not teaching a lot of this stuff which will i I probably sound like an infomercial but it'll help you stop being all stiff help you having bad knees help you with tightness uh there's so many benefits to it especially if you like the way it is taught is to get you athletic range however this is just to be able to have a nice mobile life you know people think that as you get older we, we we've been kind of taught that oh we have to be stiff and this whole thing is just to get you back to the mobility of a baby when you, when you look at a baby and you see their foot it can go like this and through the years we lose this range of motion because of shoes because we live in a concrete jungle depending on where you live but me and Ty live in a concrete jungle so we have to wear shoes it's not like we can just oh not wear shoes and then if like right now I'm doing this podcast standing up the whole time. I, I do a lot of them standing up with video. I thought, oh, that might throw me off. But good thing my, my tripod goes high enough. But I, I have no to idea. I, st- I prefer to that. stand because, <laughs> you know, I've, I've sat for so long. I've sat for so long. And, uh, hold on. Okay, he wants to link me. Uh, so, Ty,
1: why don't you... Uh... His name is Paul Dillett, by the way. No, that's not him. No?
0: Why no. Why don't you give a little information? I'm going to look him up real quick.
1: How about Todd DeMayo? No. Paul... De... Wow.
0: Here, let, let me look him up, and then you, you can talk so there won't be silence.
1: Okay, it sounds good. So, I'm going to go back to the beer. This is really drinkable beer. I'm not sure if anyone has anyone uh listen to the podcast last time is trying it i highly there anyone in california that's listening please get it it's it's very obtainable uh our our good buddy john that's usually on the podcast he was in wine country up north which is a completely different area than southern california uh being northern, northern california and he was able to find it and he what he told me i just i, I talked to him via text um yesterday i believe and he was saying he'd be midair during the podcast. So he can't make it today, but he was able to get the Claremont craft uh, L's beer. And I'm kind of, it's funny that he can't, he wanted, he was very curious about the pep- peaches and pepper or peppers and peaches. I forgot which order it is. in. but yeah, it's a really good beer guys. It's, it's highly drinkable. I could actually uh, certain, certain beers I judge on. Can I run after this beer? Or a, say running a marathon mile 15, can I run and and, and and go all out with it? I can definitely go all out with this beer. I don't feel full at all. And I'm what? You guys saw my beer. I poured the whole 32. I have about, what, 10 ounces left. This is a really good beer. And uh, as far as effect, if anyone was wondering about the effect, I feel good. feel really good. Um, I always feel good. But I feel that much better. So I'd be curious to see, like, in the future, what we can do with this podcast. I know uh, Ray and I were talking about, you know, uh, we've been reaching out to several uh, breweries. And, you know, with, the, with this going live thing now where we have video, we're actually going to go to the different brewers that we talk about and actually try their beers at, their, you know, at, at the spot, at the, at the brewery. So that's gonna be interesting, right? Did you hear anything I was saying? So we're, Are, we're really excited. No, I heard about, you. Yeah, we're really excited about. Yeah, we're really excited about doing this, and we're just gonna take this to the next level and take you guys with us in Southern California, and and we might even have to travel. Just get, do it better. Someone uh, someone recommends a great brewery in Seattle. We'll have dinner the night before, and then go to the brewery the next. Uh, you know, on on Monday, and check it out for ourselves, and just really uh, explore this passion for running and and good beer. I actually wanted to tell you something, Ray, and I might as well do it live. If anyone's heard the first podcast, I wasn't even a big fan of IPAs per se. I thought they were too hoppy. Since this podcast, as I've been been exploring different IPAs, I haven't gone back to my normal beer (laughs) at all. I have none in my fridge. All I've been doing is trying new IPAs in in Sea World, for instance. And uh, you guys have Sea Worlds. There's there's a few in the in the country I right know. Um, I went for my kids. My kid's eighth birthday. He wanted to you know have dinner with Shamu and see the orca whales, dolphins, etc. Sea lions, and uh, we were able to have dinner with uh, with one of the orcas at lunch. Excuse me. And so they had a lot of Stone uh, brews. They had one uh, tangerine something by Stone Brewery it was super good highly drinkable and um yeah have you tried it the tangerine by stone i think it's tangerine express is it tanger- yeah that's exactly what it is yeah it's a and- really good beer i tried it for the first time yesterday i'm starting to like these ipas a lot more than my regular beer so I, i'm uh you know i'm an old you know i'm i i'm like an old man at heart you know I'm, I'm old to some you know young to some as well but I'm stubborn and stuck in my ways and I like my people know me, I like my beer, like my regular beer. Um, I'm I'm really liking these IPAs a lot. And the more this this the show pro- progresses, I'm thinking I'm gonna change my whole tune when it comes to beers. Like I'm not sure what my home beer is gonna be nowadays with all these good so, beers that we're trying. I,
0: I know uh you took, you know, your son over there for his birthday, but he just like turned off all the animal rights activists by going to SeaWorld. <laughs> you know it's all right. Cool? Do you know uh, what, I, you, you know, what? You know I've what? I've never been there that? in my life. No? And now no, after seeing that documentary.
1: Blackfish. Uh, is it blackfish or black pearl? Blackfish. Oh black You know what's crazy? Every show now, and I went I went to SeaWorld before and I went not immediately after Blackfish, but I went a few years after. First of all, I've always thought this, okay, and okay, we can talk, we're, we're not going to talk about this too long, but I've always thought that marine biologists have a love and passion for sea life, for dolphins, for what they do. So I just, you know, you remember someone lost their lives in that documentary and this was a thing. So I, I just know that if you're a marine biologist, you have a love for life so i always thought it was kind of propaganda the whole blackfish and turns out that a lot of it was bullshit to be frank and i'm not saying there's not truth to the documentary but they did a good job yesterday excuse me sunday yesterday yeah uh talking about like every before every show they were talking about like what they go through like how many lives they preserved and everything they go through it is it a gimmick? Is this guy? I, I, I just, I, I doubt it. I mean, you're talking about people that, that have a passion for uh, for the, the love and life of, of sea animals. And I just don't think marine biologists are that, are evil. I don't think it's propaganda. I don't think they're the Illuminati for for animals. I really don't. I, I think that sea worlds, yes, they need to make money. I know, I know there was a weird thing where... I didn't agree w- when the, I forgot the person's name that lost her life, and they kept Shamu alive because Shamu was worth more than human life because Shamu produced millions a year, right? That's that's different, but you can't just kill a do- uh, an orca whale like you can kill a dog for mauling your six year old, correct? So it's 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 a it's a it's a thin line. But I don't think these marine biologists that I heard today, heard yesterday, excuse me, are, I don't think they're insincere in the fact that they love these animals. Nor, I think 90% of it, just like police officers, most cops are good. You know, we get that. We hear that bad shit and everyone's like, oh, they're terrible. But I don't know. I, I, I don't buy it. That's just my personal take on it.
0: Um, well, I, I agree concerned. with you on the police. I think majority are good. And I believe, I believe, and I agree with you on the marine biologists. But some people, and I agree with them as well, would different say that just having any sort of animal uh, in a cage uh, or not having freedom is not loving animals. I've never been to the zoo, and after I found out, you know, the zoo, and I started thinking about it, how they're all like trapped. I don't ever want to go to the zoo. I don't want to support that. So I've never been to Z World really just just based on that just based on that no it's like what uh i would just be like adding to it hmm so
1: and then i uh, feel kind of guilty then because i kind of love the fact that i could see animals i mean i you know me i I, oh it's cool and
0: if you have kids it's cool but then like i don't know those animals aren't can they really be happy in a um i don't know I'll in a you, reproductive environment that's not natural it's like super you know, reproductive
1: i'll give you that a cage or not point. not
0: reproductive like uh, reproduced uh, uh, or, they, or they, like they, staged
1: they, yeah a staged environment like like the penguin environment we saw penguins yesterday and all of a sudden it's like cold in there i'm like and there's like probably 100 penguins in there i'm like wow that's crazy that they have to, you know, they can do all that they can like recreate their atmosphere their environment That's different. One thing that stood out for what you're saying is they were talking about one of the males, one of the oldest orcas. They talked about how, like, she would not, like, she would be, she was breached like four times. They got her out. They tried to bring her out to the ocean where she can actually just live, and she just couldn't do it. She couldn't live on her own. So now that's what their that's what their aim is. That's what they're saying anyway. That their aim is like they get these these orcas or these uh, dolphins they didn't talk about, so I can't speak on that, but the orca whales in particular, they talk about how the the ones that they have now are the ones that they can't fend for themselves. They cannot live on their own. They would die. So they are better in their care and they care for them. They eat good. They eat really good. Imagine being handicapped and being thrown out into our concrete jungle. Handicapped. You can't get a job. You can't do anything and versus being fed and being housed, like our homeless, for instance. Like, why would... Why, but would now, why, why are they handicapped, people are going to be saying? Why are they handicapped? Because we
0: accustomed them to being hand-fed. Certain animals, like the pig, and you can domesticate the pig, throw it out into the wild, and I think within two weeks, it'll have hair and tusk, and then you can take it back domesticated and it'll reverse. And not all animals are, are are like that. Uh and uh I just wanted to say everyone listening in, thanks for sticking around. I went ahead and put the link of uh I couldn't find Paul
1: but we I didn't put, talk about our next beer either. And I'm and, sorry. And I'll get into that. But Someone that wanted to talk.
0: Uh they left. Oh, Lisa okay. left. Yeah she left a long time ago. And I, I think she was kind of new because usually To get a request like right away to jump on stage when the show is starting is a little, I don't know. I think if you don't know what's going on and you request to speak, then
1: it could have been cool. We should have, yeah, yeah, it could have, but she just ducked out
0: real quick. And so if you hop back, you can listen. But I put (laughs) uh, the link uh, to the Knees Over Toes, which is uh, one of my coaches that I trained with. And uh, his Instagram's now it's like seven, almost at a million. He's like at 700,000 followers now um and when i discovered him he was like at 200 something and uh
1: like where we're right now oh yeah
0: yeah yeah. (laughs) (laughs) and so uh yeah i I, you know i keep trying to twist his arm come on the show come on he's like i hate podcasts but uh i keep eventually i'll get him on here eventually
1: so can we talk about the next beer. I want people more involved. I yes. was going to, I was going to bring out the beer that we have already, but it's not obtainable. So maybe okay. we can get a beer that's more obtainable. So everyone can join in. So it's a little bit more fun. Uh, just my opinion. Uh, what are your thoughts on it? We can, we can bring it out. I just don't, I doubt anyone can get it because I had to get it. You know, you know, I, I mean,
0: it. mention it right now, but yes, I, so, uh, what we need to do is get, you have to remember, iPhone for now, so anyone listening in, if you know me or Ty, feel free to reach out to us, DM us, send us a text.
1: And if you want to get to know us, get to know us more, and we'll bring
0: you a beer. We'll you a beer. <laughs> and, but then you could uh, get the same beer that we're going to talk about, and you're more than welcome, because we know you, and you know that, we know that you're going to be contributing to our show to let us know your opinion of the beer hit us up and we're happy to get you on into our studio audience. And that way we can uh, get more opinions on the beer. That is our goal as our, as our show grows. And so uh, sure. what, 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 what uh, beer do you want to do next? What, what was your idea?
1: Well, my idea was the culture vulture. That was the black brewery we talked about. That's out of South Central. Oh yes. Yes. But that it's so limited. They, they're, they coincidentally they they, they're like 30 miles away from where we grew up but coincidentally when I was at work on Saturday this past Saturday they because they're so such a small they're, they're a small brewery they don't have their own place to brew they actually went to Covina which is a place that we're you know we know close to us and actually had their new batch brewed there and I was able to get some So that's called Culture Vulture, but no one's going to... I think we should just do it because no one's suggesting anything anyway. So go ahead and talk to the people and I'll bring it out and show them what it looks like. Is that cool?
0: Oh, yeah. That's a great idea. And then uh, we still need to start our Instagram and Facebook and uh, then we can start taking votes. Should we review this one or that one? And then as more people start coming into the show, we can do that as well. The other option is... uh, as well, Ty is a. Uh, yep. There's one brewery that immediately wants to work with us. Is happy to contribute. Uh, their last name brewery, and so I definitely want to hit them up. And since Okay. They definitely want to immediately start, you know, talking to us. I say, why not give them the chance? Okay. Then, then I won't even mention this one right now. I, I don't know. Let, let's go ahead and show it because I would love to know. Like, so
1: <clears throat> this is this this beard really just came out last week. It's called Culture Vulture from Crowns and Hops. It's a black-owned brewery out of South Central. And they uh, they formed a, a little allegiance with Arrow Lodge in Covina. Have oh, you been there? Oh, they have
0: that that Hitman Heart, Heart beer, beer that I want to try. Have you oh, seen really? it? Oh,
1: really? Okay.
0: They have a Brett the Hitman Heart beer that uh Arrowhead Lodge they came out with and I, I wanted to, I was going to mention that one to you because it's oh, it's really? local. Yeah, it's
1: local. It's like, we should go is there. that Covina? Is that Covina? That, that's definitely Covina. Okay. We should go there. We should go there, check it out. And uh, actually, we sh- you know what we should do is, and we'll, we'll keep you guys informed uh, through Instagram, Facebook, whatever, is we should go to Arrow Lodge on my next day off and get one of their beers before Culture Vulture and promote Arrow Lodge.
0: That's a great – and uh, what, what I was thinking is uh I was going to mention this earlier, uh, but it's going to be pretty cool. We're both NFL fans. As football comes on, our show's on Monday. Uh, we'll be able to kind of watch football and do a beer review at the same time. Perfect. Uh, yeah. Perfect. So th- that would be pretty cool. And so what beer do you want to go with so we can uh, – or are we going to decide we let's,
1: let's decide, and we'll put it up for everyone on Instagram. Please follow Ray. Um. Get his handle. Follow me. Okay, actually, Ray.
0: no. And actually, excuse me
1: guys, I gotta be, give me one second, Ray.
0: Yeah, yeah. So what I'm gonna do right now is there's an Instagram. Nothing really posted yet for this show, uh, but it's called the uh, Drunks. And so uh, what I'm gonna do is put it on the link. And if you could follow it, then that's where we're gonna basically start posting the beer that we're gonna be reviewing. And uh, if we decide to do votes. Uh, That's where we'll be posting all the information. So I'm going to be putting it on the fortune cookie right now. And let's see here. All right. And then we've just been so busy Uh, for the people on here that know me. I also have another show called athletic definition, which I do twice a week here. Uh, live every Thursday and Friday at 6 p.m. Pacific time zone. And uh, this f- actually might as well, let me do a little plugging away here. This Thursday, I will have uh, my friend Louisa. She's just a badass mom. Uh, her two children have a fragile ex, which is one of the most extreme cases of autism. And uh, she's always having them work out and be active. She runs marathons. Uh, She's a real inspiration. Uh, She's been on the news, um, like on Spanish TV, because she's from El Salvador. So uh, definitely tune in at 6 p.m. this Thursday. Uh, On on Friday, I'm having a back-to-back guest. I'm going to have Rebecca at 5 p.m. Pacific time zone. And she is a wellness competitor. Meaning, basically, she does competitions without taking steroids. She's also a personal trainer, uh, Latinx, um, very inspirational. Definitely tune in for that. And then right after that, I'm gonna have a Native American professional runner on the show. Right after that, and uh, Native American to United States, and he, you know, his bio was just incredible. I, I can't even go into it cause I'll be here for a long time. Uh, I've been trying to get him on for a long time and I usually don't do back-to-back shows, but this is the only free time he has. And I definitely want to give him the platform because as Ty, Ty was mentioning, like uh, it'd be cool to give platforms to people that don't get that recognition, like black owned breweries, or if we find some Mexican breweries or, or uh, you know, just people that, uh, don't get that spotlight. That's what my whole show is about. I'm like, people don't care about the local fighter or the local runner, but they have some amazing inspirational stories and if people just were like, give it a chance. You, you never know what, you know, you'll discover and be inspired to do. And uh, yeah, so definitely tune in. Uh, I have a uh, great shows coming up this week and uh, Ty, what beer are we going to do?
1: Oh yeah. We're going to decide.
0: I put the link up here for yeah. drunks,
1: and let's Follow- everyone, every, everyone, please suggest something. You know, everyone is there, like something that we haven't mentioned that you love. Uh, please suggest it, and, and we'll find it. And I just want to say, Ray, I'm very, very Thursday with that with the, the the lady you're talking about. I'm so interested in that. And That sounds so cool. Um, I will be tuned in I, on my Thursday, all ears. I'm excited. Oh yeah, she,
0: that. yeah, she's a. You know, I've known her for. I don't know. I feel like 15 years, maybe. Okay. Um, she just turned 56, and I'm a father, as you know. I have a a, a son and daughter, and uh, you have to have a lot of patience just for kids with total complete health, and uh, you know, for her patience and and what she does, I'm like, wow, it, it it's uh, amazing to me. Uh, I don't know how many marathons she's completed. And, uh, yeah, definitely looking forward to having her here. She was supposed to be on last week, but she wasn't feeling too well. And uh, that's okay. You know, that's just part of life. Uh, you just got to roll with the punches. And, um, sure. yeah, it'll be a definitely a great show, so definitely tune in. Uh, and that one is called Athletic Definition.
1: Sounds good. I'll, I'll definitely be there. And uh, everyone, you know, anyone that's listening right now, Let's go to the green room. Let's talk about the show. Let's talk about uh, how we make it better. I love it. I love anyone's take on it. I don't know about you, Ray. I just want to hear everyone's take on our our show and I just want to make it better. I love this stuff, man. This is great to look forward to every other week.
0: Oh yes. Uh, I'm real happy with it. Uh, And uh, you know, this is my childhood friend, Ty. I've known him for years and uh, he's just kind of going with it. Like he's like, you know how many people i've invited on here that i've known and they're like they want to but i understand some people are afraid to speak some people are afraid of audio some people are afraid of video so people and so I, you know i don't blame them and then there's some people who just don't think my show's big enough and then there's some people who want me to pay them and then there's yeah. some people who just don't realize the opportunity of what is happening on fireside and so for those people in the future, when you ask to come on, you're gonna be welcome with open arms, but I'm Appreciate gonna put you on Blast. <laughs> I'll be like, What's just, up? Why what's didn't you wanna come on my show? Why didn't you wanna come on my show before? Like, you know.
1: And we just so, wanna have fun. We're yeah, it's it. like we want to like, chill. It's an We're opportunity. And I see down. John. Yeah. John
0: must have just landed. John uh Oh, did he is John there? I just seen John come in. John uh bring him in. We're about Bring to uh, shut it down but we'd love to uh hear oh, your yeah. your take on the beer if you if you got a moment.
1: Yeah, John, did you try the beer?
0: Let me invite him up to stage here. Or... Yeah, please do.
1: And John by the way, it's like he's he's a uh, yes, John killing his, his yes. All
0: right. There yes. we go. How was your flight John? How you doing tonight?
2: Uh, I I literally just hopped off of the plane and, and saw that you guys are still running, so I thought I'd pop in here and say hello. Uh, I'm sorry I missed the show. The, I should have landed an hour ago. It's been a little bit of a nightmare, but uh, I did get a chance to try the uh, peaches and uh, the peppercorn and peaches and awesome. Wow, man! Like that was not what I was expecting at all, John. It's, please, please elaborate. Well, it's uh, the. the the peach element of it is there and but it's it's not overpowering, at least for me it wasn't. I I got the the peach like kind of in the in the back of my tongue on the sides, like the the citrus or the the fruit from it, I would pop my tannins up in on the inside of my cheeks. That stuff is so good, man. And uh, the peppercorn was also really subtle as well. Like I found it all around pretty well balanced beer. My brother and I ended up plowing through uh, uh, (laughs) a Through a lot of them last night. So. <laughs> how many?
1: How many did you get? Did, did, you, get, uh, did you get the four pack? How did you get it?
2: We got two of them. Um, two four packs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we yeah. we both we both plowed through uh, each of them. Uh, the other <laughs> one that you suggested, <laughs> I did not get a chance to try, but my brother found it and he's going to send it to me. So
1: hopefully, I'll be able to. Oh, the other one. Good, yeah. good. Okay, let me ask you a question, John, because I'm curious. I wanted your opinion on it. The pepper. Does the pepper? take uh did it, it was so drinkable that i didn't taste the pepper or like there was nothing overwhelming about the pepper at all did the pepper take away from the hoppiness of an ipa to make it even that more drinkable does that make no, sense
2: yeah no i don't think it did i think the uh I think whatever hops they were using, I didn't get much of a chance to do uh, too much research on, on what hops they were using and everything, but my guess okay. is, whatever they are using and the, the basic hops blend of it was pretty mellow to begin with. Uh, okay. So there's, there's always a possibility that certainly the, the peach and the pepper might take away from that, but it certainly didn't make it an overly hoppy thing. And, Hey guys, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Like I'm going to keep listening, but yeah, right um, I'm, I'm dealing with just getting off here. I got to flag down a ride. So I'm going to hop down and keep listening and Do hopefully all will be here. Good for to be you, man.
1: man. Do your thing. I'll,
2: yeah. I'll always play.
1: Sure, brother. All right, Ray. That's cool that we got his like last take on it. I'm glad someone else tried the beer. Dude, oh yes. To be honest, uh, this, this is a really good beer. I, it I'm, is
0: a really good beer. Highly recommended and thank you so much uh, for John to make it on the show, last minute, uh, John's been a huge supporter of the show since the very beginning, so definitely appreciate him coming up and uh, providing his his uh, take on what he thinks of this beer. And so, for those of you listening who are not on Fireside and are not watching this, uh, you can go ahead and follow us on Drunk's IG, and we will be posting surveys and pictures of the different beers that we will be selecting. That way you can help us select for the next show we do this show every every two weeks and so the next show will be on the 23rd of august and definitely please join us that'll give you plenty of time to let us know uh, what beer we should go with hopefully it's available in your local area and i think with that ty is there anything else you wanted to mention
1: i'm good i'm good guys have a good night um have a good great work week have a great workout week do your thing people
0: Thank you for everyone listening in once again, our live studio audience, everyone around the world, and let's bring up the robot.
1: Go Dodgers!